0: All right, salutations, listeners. Sivalis Vallejo, Valeo, Nanu Nanu. Thank you for tuning in. This is Three Men and a Basement, and we are the Ultra Crepidarians. My name is Colin McLeod. Mark Culp. Timothy Magic. Uh, in this podcast, we review movies and deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. Uh, in this show, we try to target movies that are not blockbuster smashes and not so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy if you wanted to, uh, but instead uh, we try and hit that delightful sweet spot of movies that are right in the middle. We aim for films that are, in our experience, um, too many people haven't seen, uh, maybe they've only heard of them, uh, or one that some may have you know seen but forgotten about uh, and, and deserve uh, another watch. We review these and deliver to you our take on what they are, what we liked, what we didn't like, and whether or not it's worth your time to go and watch these movies. Uh, so with that, we'll move into the movie we reviewed this week. Uh, the movie was 1408, and I'm um, giving you a little bit of the IMDb highlights. Uh, so this, this movie is 1408, came out in 2007. Uh, uh, IMDb has it as a fantasy horror mystery. Uh, it's rated PG-13, uh, directed by, uh, okay, I'm gonna butcher this, but I'm gonna try, um, Michael Halfstrom. Hofstrom? It's, it's got a lot of things I don't recognize Mm -hmm. as, like, punctuation and, and, and pieces of language, so it's definitely from something I don't speak. Um...
1: You're saying Standard Foreign?
0: Exactly. Standard Foreign. Um, uh, it stars John Cusack uh, that you may remember from uh, basically anything John Hughes directed. Uh, uh, what else we got John <laughs> Cusack coming at? High, uh, high, f- high
2: Fidelity. High Fidelity. Classic. Yeah, um, classic.
0: Um... The, must love dogs. Must love dogs. The Raven, Raven, which actually had sort of a tone a little bit similar to this film. Similar, so if you've yeah. seen The Raven, yeah, you know John that. Cusack kind of delivers a similar performance.
1: Earlier performance and say anything. Uh, Saying oh again. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect yeah.
0: that's classic. Uh, uh Sam Jackson is also oh. in this film. Now, what has he been in? I don't know. I I, I don't really mm. recognize that name. Uh, um, L. Jackson.
1: Samuel L. Was he Jackson. Oh, Samuel
0: L. Jackson. Oh, that motherfucker. That motherfucker. I remember that, that motherfucker. He was
1: guy in Snakes on a Plane, I think. Yeah. That was his breakout role. No, he was, a, he was that, a badass motherfucker. Nope. I don't think Fishburk? that
0: was that was Keenan no. Thompson. No. Gotcha. Mm, nope. All
2: that? Mm-mm. Nope. nope. From all uh, that Incorrect.
0: Famous? Sam Jackson. <laughs> just, he's the man. Everybody loves <laughs> Sam Jackson. <laughs> Mace Windu. <laughs> Give
1: me a purple fucking lightsaber. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, uh, Pulp Fiction. Just name your poison. Black Snake Moan. Yeah. Like, anything that guy touches. Is shaft. <laughs> Sh- yeah, Shaft. How do we not lead with that? I feel a little upset that we didn't Shut lead with shaft, that. Shaft,
1: motherfucker! <laughs> but maybe not the recent Shaft. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... Uh, Tony Shaloub is also in this movie. So fucking Tony Shaloub, fucking Monk. Yeah, Monk fans, if if you like Tony Shaloub, uh or if you like Monk, you'll you obviously love him. Uh 13 Ghosts, which I think is sort of like an under the rate, not under the radar, but like it's a Tony Shaloub film that doesn't fit him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is maybe another one that like the, the, the tone of the movie doesn't really fit Tony Shaloub's style, but it's it's pretty like he, his performance in it as short as it is, is, is worth checking. Um, also, uh, Mary McCormick, who I am not so familiar with. Tim, I believe you, you said that you're, you're more familiar with her work. So like she was in Deep Impact, k Packs. Oh, yes. Notice? Yes. I remember that now.
1: Yeah. She's kind of like that, that lady you get if you can't afford Jennifer Garner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the Walmart version of, of Jennifer Garner. Um, absolutely. <laughs>
1: I might even bump it up to Target version.
0: Okay, well, the Target version is more expensive. So, basically what we're saying is, um, uh, Mary McCormick, you're more talented than Jennifer Garner, and we love you for it. So, you know, take that uh, uh, for all the gravitas that it's worth. Uh, So, that is the the sort of 10-cent version of this movie. We're going to go into our our recommendations here, and then we're going to stray into spoiler territory. So, first... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it over to Mark here, and I, I really want to get Mark's two cents on this. Um,
1: I'm excited, uh, because I, I mean, I don't want to tip any, uh, tip the hat or anything, uh, tip the cards. I really enjoyed this movie, and I know that I, perhaps, don't share the table with, uh, you know, two other gentlemen who agree, but, uh, my, my opinion, I enjoyed it. Uh, I recommend it. I think for me it falls, it falls right there with uh, the Shining, uh, in the way, in the in the environmental storytelling. Um, that is the the niche that I'm going to file this under. Yeah, I recommend it.
0: Recommend it. I recommend it. Okay. Tim, kick it over to you.
2: All right, kicking it over to me. Mark, I am very surprised you're recommending this. I do not classify this into the Shining category at all. It it landed flat for me. It was a B flat for me, wholeheartedly throughout the entire performance. Not that not that Sam Jackson and John Cusack didn't do their best to deliver their performance. I just they they didn't mail it in to me. They they did not deliver a performance that was beyond mediocre to me. I'm sorry. I. It just didn't land like The Shining, like Body Snatchers, like, like Dreamcatchers. It, 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 I'm sorry, I love Stephen King's adaptations,
1: but this did not. Now, Tim, I really it, look forward to challenging that opinion. Okay. Um, Colin, your thoughts? Well, no,
0: I, I what I what I did want to sort of like kick back at Tim is like, but to the original question, would you recommend it? Basically, like being, you know on a 10 point scale, are you higher than five? Would you say it, it would be worth somebody's time to see it? Uh, or do you think it would actually be a waste of time to see it? A
1: waste of time to see it. If we, even if I'm money, sorry. money's is not a thing. So if this is a free freebie. No,
2: no, no. Even if you saw it for free, All right. even if you saw it from a buddy's basement, if you saw it from, uh, from Netflix, a free account or something like that. no, not worth it. Go fight you below. Yeah. Fi- <laughs> below. Uh, like again, th- th- not that not that the uh, performers didn't do their best, but it's just not not a solid Stephen King adaptation. I'm sorry.
0: Right. So I'm gonna take a little bit of both of your your perspectives on this, um, Tim. I'll actually agree with you that I I don't know if I would necessarily like throw this into the same been as the shining. I think it has a lot of elements that are similar, and Mark, I really mm-hmm. do understand why you drew that comparison. But I think it is like a, a fundamentally different film overall. Um Mark, I'm gonna agree with you and then like maybe go a little bit further uh with respect to how much you like this movie. I I fucking love this movie. I think this is like uh um truly I find this movie to be as far as psychological horror the most brutal film probably I've ever seen. Like, I just... E- again, there are things that are scarier. There's no doubt. There are things that are better shot. Um, there are things that are written better. But, like, I can't think of another film that is as, like, brutal psychologically as this movie. Uh, every time I finish watching this movie, I always... I feel, like, exhausted from like basically putting myself in the character's position and I, I just don't, I don't know if any other film sort of brings that type of just like one, two punch of like psychological mayhem. Uh, and I, I, I really freaking appreciate that about this movie. And, and, um, so as you can probably imagine, my perspective on this is watch it. Um, I like it. If you're not into horror, uh, it might not be your thing. If you're not into psychological type movies, um you might be missing the type of things that that got me particularly enthused about this movie. Uh I'm going to give a little shout out to a buddy of mine, uh, uh Ryan, uh, who's not a huge horror fan. Ryan maybe don't watch this. Anybody else who really, you know, vibes horror and psychological thriller, I I recommend this. At least to watch uh because I I I kind of see where, you know, you might not like it, but I think you might be like me and Mark, and, and really dig it. And it's worth um, at least worth rolling the dice on. Am I right? So at this point, uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you a little heads up on spoilers coming up ahead. We're gonna move into spoiler territory. Uh, anybody else want to give anything out before before we move into that section?
1: I I mean personally no, but I, I feel like we have uh, thoroughly set the table for some divisive conversation, and I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with... if you
2: if you want to get my two cents on it, I feel like it's just too formulaic and too by the numbers for like jumps be it jump scares be it scary room setup be it well uh this uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, dis, disillusion that you're going to you're going to be out of it. All it's right. Just, it doesn't it doesn't measure up uh, as better as some of king's best work so so and and some of uh the other adaptations uh from other directors in the past
0: so two things before we before we move fully into spoiler territory i would like to read off um i i forgot this last week as well but i would like to read off the imdb um sort of description of the film and then uh what i think we could probably do is move into our overview of the movie and this is
1: past spoilers do we do we want to open the pandora's box that is spoilers after, Not quite after the IMDB. We're we'll, we're open up spoilers after the IMDB we're open up spoilers. I want to put some color to Tim's opinion.
0: Yes, no, I totally I totally got gotcha. you. Please. Uh please. okay, so IMDB uh describes this movie. Again, sorry listeners, I forgot to do this again. A man who specializes in debunking paranormal occurrences checks into the fabled room 1408 in the Dolphin Hotel. Soon after setting in, he confronts genuine terror. I think from <laughs> I think from a a sort of base standpoint, that's actually a really good description that doesn't give anything away. So mm-hmm. consider moving forward from this point. Spoiler territory. Um, before you you provide some color to Tim's remarks, maybe we should just give like a quick overview of kind of what's going on. John Cusat's character in this is a writer who clearly had aspirations of being a little bit you know uh, a. Uh, he, he clearly had aspirations of being like the great american novelist and that falls apart at the death of his daughter and he basically starts writing stuff that's easy and sells well and that tends to be um like countdown horror novels of scary places in the world
1: basically the um the 2007 version of watch mojo mm. you know he was shoveling out you know we all love watching Watch Mojo videos, but they're know. all formula. They're all you know, just just ticking off a list. He was writing those books. Yeah, and presumably,
0: yeah. like Watch Mojo, I assume goes under undergoes the same procedure every time yeah. to sort of research and to build their lists. He sort of does the same thing, except. It's scary places. So he will go to scary hotel rooms or to scary graveyards and, and sort of rank them and, and create these lists. Um, he gets a, a postcard saying, don't go in room 1408, Dolphin Hotel, blah, blah, blah. And he ends up obviously going there, getting into the room and, uh, uh, sort of terror ensues. Uh, I think that's probably Synopsis. the synopsis, song. the the elevator version of the movie. Um so Tim, you earlier had had made some comments that you weren't crazy about and and Mark you wanted to sort of hit back at some of those.
1: I think yeah, what I I would love Tim for you to, to lay out your opinions and I would like to jump on them and uh <laughs> please. Please do. Yes. Um well maybe we should have some structure to this. Um
0: maybe we should go over what we liked first.
1: Was there anything, Tim, that you liked about this movie? I did like the
2: execution of John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson's, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, taking on the characters. They, they love, they they, own the characters, Mm. the characters, they own them. I I did love, I did love the commitment to Sam Jackson's cautionary, um, tale, uh, as as the manager, as the hotel manager, he's like, oh, don't do that. Like, anything Anything I can do to disturb you, anything I can do to dissuade you from 1408, I'm going to do it. And Sam, and like, he owned that.
0: For those of you listening at home, basically, Sam Jackson is the manager of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that, like, a lot of the people that John Cusack has encountered are trying to dissuade him from, like, entering their, their domicile and, and, you know, trying to build up the lore around the room. Mm-hmm. He basically mistakes Sam Jackson's warnings and, and foreboding for, uh you know, I guess... Foreplay. Uh, I mean, foreplay, for, basically, for, yeah. For, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, trying for to set, set the sh- stage. Showmanship. And, showmanship and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so keep going, sorry.
2: You no, know, that's fine. And I love... Uh, and I just love that they establish John Cusack's character... As such, the debunker, uh, the skeptic. Yeah, skeptic, I love good uh, word. Like right from the right from the start, you know, that we see him um, stay at a another hobunk inn, <laughs> you know, that has hauntings, uh, and he's just throughout the course of of his story, just constantly the skeptic and constantly the the doubter uh, that will aid to his. And ultimately, uh, be the downfall of his character.
0: I'm going to back that up it. right away and say, like, Sam Jackson's character was was amazing. Yeah, and like, Sam Jackson, I love you so much. You're amazing. But Sam Jackson does play Sam Jackson in just about every film he's Pretty in, much. and and this film, I'm not saying he wasn't Sam Jackson, but like he definitely like, um, he 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 wasn't all Sam Jackson, and it was sort of like the thing that he brought that i think they actually needed was he he sort of brought this gravitas to the character where like when he said shit you fucking listened because he yeah. wasn't joking and and i i thought the casting objectively seems a little weird but when you're actually watching the film he carries like such, he carries such a fucking punch with his words that like when you're listening to that manager you're screaming in your head you're like fucking listen to him he is Telling you the truth, and it's 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 really impactful. Um, and and John Cusack's performance, again, I I cannot stress enough that objectively it seems really weird to have John Cusack in this kind of role. He's sort of like he plays this kind of plucky like comedic guy in a lot of the stuff that he's in. Uh, I mean, he's he's a fucking John Hughes like alumni like. You you sort of expect to see him in Sherman, Illinois. Am I am I am I mistaken? Like he's he's a he's a pretty average guy. But the one thing John Hugh John Hughes, fucking John Cusack has that other actors and actresses sort of wish they had. A lot of them is John Cusack can carry an entire performance by himself, based solely on his ability to monologue. Uh, if if you guys have seen High Fidelity. I, I highly recommend it, and that's on our list to review. Um, but it's, it, he's just so good at carrying the audience through a, a, a story just with these like amazing one man performances. Like, he, he really like engages you with what he's saying and how he's saying it. And as weird as it sounds in a horror film, like this particular film needed that. And and John Cusack was a surprisingly good choice for that, in my opinion.
1: Mm. I would agree with all of that, Tim. I think you're the the contrary opinion at the table. Do you has anything that Colin has said at this point? Do you disagree with? I don't disagree that uh,
2: John Cusack is a good leading man for this particular pitcher. I just do not see the relevance. I don't. I don't get anything out of this story i love the adaptations of stephen king to screen i think there's been some great great uh adaptations like pet cemetery and the shining and but I on the, act- on, the but on the acting specifically on the acting specifically i don't hate john cusack i just don't care i just don't care i'm sorry there's nothing there for me hmm. in this movie.
1: So. Uh, like, okay. it's. It, again, it's no fault. It's no fault. It's just. Do you feel a different actor would have better portrayed that character? Or do you feel that the character itself was written poorly? And we can maybe segue into a little bit of writing here. I think it, I
2: think it's more about
1: writing. I think
2: it's more So John about... Cusack's performance, in your opinion, was oh, sufficient. I lo- I, again, more I than love, sufficient. I love John Cusack and Sam Jackson in this movie. Hmm. I, I, fi- I find their performance adequate. I just don't find the story necessary.
1: Alright. Uh, my two cents on acting. Um, I'm going to keep hitting the table here. Um... <laughs> John Cusack. I I did really enjoy his his character, his portrayal. Um, I felt like he played the condescending jackass uh, very well. Um, Sam Jackson, while there were no motherfuckers or snakes in this movie, um, no, Sam Jackson, I think, was a great choice. He, he provided that, um, I don't know, relatability... I don't know if that's the right word. Gravitas was a good word. Um, I believed him. He felt very sincere. I think that Sam Jackson a lot of times is typecast as this exaggerating caricature of a man. Uh, Which I almost always love. You know, that's one thing I really appreciate about him. I don't know if that's him or the acting or... Every movie that he's in, that's one of the things that I look for. This movie didn't have that, but it brought something to the table that, that, that... Or rather... Uh, Mr. Jackson brought something to the table that he doesn't, um, that, well, that we don't see very typically.
0: Uh, so, speaking of not seeing it very typically, uh, can I sort of like bring up one movie that I actually think that sort of approximates Sam Jackson's role and character in this is Deep Blue Sea. Do you guys remember that flick from like, uh, oh, was it, yeah. it like the late 90s? Oh, heck uh, um, so, Sam Jackson's character in that is very similar to his character in this, in my opinion. He's sort of the cautionary character who is willing to basically, like, stake his reputation on the thing that he believes in, and he really tries to convince other characters of something. And I, I think um, if you've seen Deep Blue Sea and you've seen Sam Jackson in that film and you remember sort of, like, some of the the lines he delivered and how he delivered them... You've you've sort of got his performance here, and and I think that's that's worth noting, uh, and that's that's something that I think sort of may help you sort of characterize this in your mind.
1: So okay, uh, the writing for me, um, all right. I think some uh, some of Tim's opinions are rubbing off on me here as as I'm as I'm digesting. Uh, there were a few instances where I was very impressed with the writing, um, namely. The beginning of the movie they convey to you that something tragic has happened to john cusack's character um through a conversation with his publicist they're having a quick kind of banter back and forth uh the publicist or or editor whoever his character is uh, makes the comment are you are you really ready to go back to new york where the, the setting of this movie was and cusack says it'll just be it'll just be for the night just a quick in and out you know, with with just that—that that I'm, I'm doing a terrible job, you know. Uh, no, you no. Know, reciting it, but you, it communicates to the viewer that something terrible has happened to his character in the past in New York. Without, I think he says,
0: I think he says something to the effect of like, "I'll be in and out. Nobody has to know. Nobody has to get hurt." And and alluding specifically to who you assume is like an ex-lover, an ex-wife, something like that,
1: right? But he, he delivers that information in a very fluid, you know, conversational way. That's not, you know, while I think a lot of times we take that for granted, there are definitely a number of movies, a number of stories, TV shows, where they just hit you with the exposition. Yeah, they're and, forcing the issue. Yeah. Yeah. This, and it, it landed very well. Um,
0: I think that was Tony Shalhoub a little bit, too, in that mm-hmm. in that exchange, like, that's who he was. That's who he was engaging in the dialogue with, and I think you know, for as small of a part as he had in this, you know, props to Tony Shalhoub for making that organic. Yep, yep. I, I got to jump in with the writing thing. Like, first of all, I felt like the writing. I'll I'll fully admit the writing is a little hot and cold for me. Like, there are some elements, like Mark was describing, that I thought were like, oh my god, that really sucked me in, or like that was like re- that was really well well position well described uh you know unfolded naturally um like one of these lines fucking caught me and it just slapped me in the face and i love it and i'm gonna use it in in my normal routine um but it was uh john cusack again fucking monologuing like a boss uh in the room with a tape recorder and he's sort of describing the room and it's like It is, it's pretty fucking mundane, you know, it's, there's, like, weird paintings on the wall that look like they were picked up at a thrift shop, and, like, you know, the wallpaper's all, like, floral and shit, and he says some, he says, I believe this is the quote, some idiot spoke about the banality of evil, if this is true, we're in the seventh circle of hell, and I, like, that fucking, like, that's, that's such an awesome, like, I don't want to call it a quip because it wasn't necessarily directed at somebody and I don't know if that's like a the qualification for a quip but like that fucking landed on me hard and I started like howling and I I thought that was clever. That's a good element of the writing. But at the same time a lot of the exchanges were pretty were were pretty mundane, were pretty formulaic and that is not at all like it's obvious it was not at all the the, you know, fault of the the actors portraying, I mean, they, they nailed it, but I think the, the writing was a little hot and cold for me. Mm-hmm. Tim?
2: No, oh, yeah, um, again, I don't want to be the sour apple <laughs> in the cart, but I am definitely not a fan of the later part of the screenplay. Um, this, uh, the later reveal, like, we're, Oh no, John Cusack is is out of the room. Oh no, we're gonna get, we're gonna see him get out. Oh no, we're gonna, oh, he's gonna reconnect with his ex-wife and his daughter. Uh Uh-oh, whoops, we got, (laughs) we got bamboozled. The room's
0: (laughs) fooled us again.
2: No, it didn't. Nothing fooled us. We all know that he's still in the room. Uh, Sorry. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna go out there and say I did not like No, you didn't so get that I, even, I, from, even, I really didn't. even like, from the I, first
2: viewing in theaters. No, I mean I I, I thought the like, theaters, too. I
0: thought like one thing that was like really like like extra sort of brutal about this movie and and you know, if you're listening and you're kinda of like, Oh I don't really mind spoilers, but like this is this is definitely the this kind of spoiler, spoiler that like just like do not get over it. Yeah Yeah, do yeah, not yeah, 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 do not proceed from, if you don't like spoilers. Yeah. But like I thought that was one of the most effective parts of the movie. Is that like he gets yeah. he gets hit with like a series of the truly like the most brutal things I can possibly think of psychologically. Like it's it's not only like a sort of slow burn in the beginning where he's, did, he's sort but of getting it shock. Like, well, I mean, no to, shock. to me, it kind of did a little bit because, like, like you know, in the beginning, he's he's sort of getting toyed with. And, yeah. like, shit seems weird, and it's, like, out of place, and it's, like, changing, and then he sort of, like, needs to get out, and he can't, I and it's, say, it's sort I of, like, building say, suspense. I will say,
2: I do like the Carpenters song. It's only, only just, just Oh, yeah, that keeps, keeps turning like, on. I do like the clock radio. That's sort of
0: basically, like, illustrating the bit. point that, like, this like is gonna bit. keep happening.
2: I do like that bit.
0: And it's... But, but like,
2: I do not... Not, like, with, with that being, like, the the initial gate, that that being the initial...
0: Well, let me jump into the serious spoiler territory here. Yeah. So basically, like, he has this kind of, like, slow burn in the beginning where he's getting toyed with, and then it escalates to, like, I need to get out of this room and I can't. And then it starts to, like, really fuck with him, and it starts to go, like... It starts to, like, play images of, like, his father, and he starts, mm-hmm. like, to see his father interact with him, and then, like, see basically, like, the illness of his dead child play out again, and then, you know, he, it, it, it start, like, it starts to get more and more severe, he keeps thinking that he's going to be rescued, and it keeps not turning out, and the, the conditions are getting more severe, then he, like, basically, like, dies, comes back, thinks he's out of the fucking room, and he's out for, like, weeks, like, fucking weeks, and, Out of nowhere in the middle of something, it basically just gets torn down, and the motherfucker is back in the room, and he's, like, obvious, like, I mean, first of all, how fucking terrible would that be? How fucking brutal would that be? And then, and then, and then his, hang on, and then his fucking, like, his fucking daughter comes out of nowhere, and she is, like, crying in his arms, and saying, like, I don't want to go... I don't want to leave, they won't let me stay. And then she dies in his arms for a second fucking time. And he's sobbing. And then she fucking explodes into dust and the motherfucker is, like, on his last leg, he is absolutely exhausted, he starts to, like, tear down the room, he's, he's blown out of breath, he falls to the fucking floor, and he sees this clock that's, like, it's, it's a trope that they keep using to basically, like, count down his time, and it's just, like, he keeps counting down, that's the, the clock radio that keeps, uh, uh, playing the carpenter song, and he sees this clock, and it's got seconds left, and it fucking goes to zero, and he's back in the room, and the room is all together again, and nothing has happened, and you're just like, oh my god, it's, it's fucking done, and then the fucking clock goes back to 60, and starts counting down again? To me? That is one of the single most brutal scenes I can fucking imagine. Like, that just, that, that punches me in the brain, like fucking Tyson. You
1: know, I'm, I've, been here, for me. Sorry. <laughs> I've been sitting here trying to rectify why we can have two very opposing opinions here in at this table here Spell and flat for me, I'm sorry Got a theory, I got a theory, okay, tell me what you, do you think. guys think yeah. I think if the entire performance is resting on your ability to relate to John Cusack's character, and mm-hmm. if you don't care if you don't care about John Cusack's character, there is nothing in this movie for you If you don't buy into his relationship with his daughter and his wife, if you don't buy into his monologues, if you don't appreciate his his portrayal of it, if you don't really get into his perspective, there's that's it. Yeah, that's it. You don't care that he's going through all these traumatic things. You don't care about that. Not that and I'm not saying that like. Uh, if you don't like this movie, it's because you just can't. You just can't see why, you know. Ju- it's... No, that's
2: that's fair, Mark. Because
1: I definitely uh, feel
2: trauma when I watch Pet Cemetery, when I watch The Shining, when I watch um, uh, other adaptations of Stephen King novels. I definitely feel
1: that, but for fourteen oh eight, fell flat for me. Now, those other movies have multiple perspectives. They mm. have multiple characters who are contributing to the narrative. This one only really has one. Yeah. So if yeah. you're not in John Cusack's passenger seat, yeah. you don't care.
0: Very sure. true. And sure. and I'm not I'm not saying this is the case for you, Tim. Mm-hmm. But I do think that a lot of people who watch this film, and I, I I truly believe that this is why this film didn't get the notoriety that I feel it really deserves, is John Cusack is a very atypical choice for the leading man in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people watching it are like, they could not get over that hump of, this is Cusack. He's he's a he's a plucky comic relief kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they see him in this role. Yeah. And he, like, I while I think he delivered it well, like, I don't think a lot of critics and a lot of uh, the audience sort of, like, bought into that. Mm. And, and I think that's why it fell flat. And that's kind of why I really, like... That's why I pushed for this film tonight, because I, I feel like this is the kind of movie that more people would like if they could get over that hump. If they could see Cusack in a different role and sort of appreciate why he needed why they needed him for this role, for his sort of monologuing ability and, and, and quick wit, and why um, his performance was solid, as long as, I agree with you, Mark, you could relate to him. I think you'll enjoy this
1: movie. Well, I, let, me, let me push back that. on that a little bit, though. Hang on, just a second. I, I don't want to necessarily paint a picture, though, that if you don't like this movie, it's because you can't get over a hump. I think that almost insinuates that um, it's almost beholden on the viewer to to you know to, to summit that mountain. Maybe you don't want to summit that mountain. You know, maybe it's. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a contrary opinion to it. I don't think that it's because you just haven't quite um
0: No, that's true. That's and I didn't mean to come off that that like it's something that you're unable to do. I think it's something that like either John Cusack being the leading man in a horror film bothers you or it doesn't. Mm. And there's probably not a lot that you yourself personally can do about whether or not that fucking, you know, it tickles the wrong hairs in your brain um if you're a huge john hughes fan i would imagine maybe you have a little bit more to get over than a person who's never heard of john cusack before in their life (laughs) so so it's one of those things where it's like it's probably not entirely within your control um but if it's the kind of thing that you don't think would bother you like fucking check this check this thing out
1: I, i cut you off tim what were you saying
0: no,
2: I was saying, um, in that, uh, vein that John Cusack is definitely the, uh, go to male for a rom com. A, um, Rom com, definitely. Definitely. Uh, looking for the guy that can be the everyman. So, I don't, I don't doubt his ability to, like, portray. The brood? Yeah, portray <laughs> the, um. The scare tactics of a Stephen King adaptation. But it's just like it's not my go-to guy. And again I've have yet to empathize with his character. I'm sorry. It's just like I know I want to. I, don't get me wrong. I want to. I, I get it. He's a dad. He's He's a writer. He's all these things that I could like channel but it's just like John, you're just, like, you are falling flat for me because you're a douchebag. <laughs> I'm sorry, in this movie. He really is. He's, he's a yeah, douchebag so, in this movie. He's yeah. arrogant, he's arrogant, he and um, very But that is the character. He's playing it well. That's fine. And he's executing that fine. So, that's, that's fine,
0: but... I think also, Tim, you sort of bring up an interesting point where, like, I think, Mark, you and I were discussing earlier about... Uh, whether or not you're relatable to john cusack from like a a what he's done before type perspective i think tim you bring up that he may like the character itself may be more or less relatable because he is a skeptic he is a little bit of an asshole Mm -hmm. like um you know we were talking during the film about like his hubris and like there's nothing i love more than like Fucking hubris in a film, and watching the hammer crush down on somebody who who just thinks they're sort of untouchable, yeah. and to that point, he's got a lot of reason to believe a lot of this. Like yeah, he's he got had, a lot of reason to believe that
1: he was touched.
0: He, huh?
1: He was touched. Touched by an angel. The untouchable was touched
0: in the movie. Like after his his initial stuff, you're say, you're saying yeah. So like his um his initial character, man, he was fucking he wasn't playing any shit, and he's seen a lot of uh, uh, hotel rooms, He's he's been in a lot of, you know, these types of situations, and has just been unimpressed, mm-hmm. and um, I get that, like, I really do, uh, and as much as I get that, and understand it, and understand the character, like, it's still, like, this dude's shooting his mouth off about, like, not being scared of anything, and, like, you know, your ghosties and ghoulies won't get to me, and then fucking, like, getting the smackdown like there's something like oddly satisfying about that and but that. but but to to your back to your point Tim I think that could be very off-putting for a lot of people mm. and can m- give them trouble empathizing with the character mm. and honestly if you don't empathize with John Cusack's character mark to your earlier point you are not going to like this movie
1: yeah yeah I I think that when you're describing this movie mm, you kind of just stop at the IMDb description because you have to that's the that is the movie They're yeah really- no it's,
0: a, it's very accurate the imdb mm-hmm. description really fucking nails it
1: i think sometimes when you when you read a description for a movie it's a it's a tease into it it's a it's a setup this was the whole movie there isn't mm-hmm. the only thing deeper than that imdb description are i guess the the relationships um yeah it you know, it establishes and the brutality yeah
0: the psychological brutality of this movie is truly what makes it for me. Mm-hmm. Everything else can sort of fall by the wayside. I just I appreciate the shit out of how fucking horrific it is from just a mindset standpoint. it is, it is the it is the fucking hostile of the mind in in my pers- in my opinion uh but one thing i did want to note was was on creativity okay so i've watched this movie so you guys have not seen this since it came out is that correct Just uh, um in
2: the uh in, cinemas, the, theaters. in the theaters right yeah. so
0: i've watched this movie at least half a dozen times i, wow. re- <laughs> I it, it's a cinema, i'm a cinephile like you <laughs> guys are too you get what i'm saying That's, no it's like- <laughs> Um, I, I really I dig really this movie. I get that
2: same reaction for some other uh, right, titles right, I'm yeah. sure we'll do on this podcast. Yeah, you're like,
0: ah, I watched Chariots of Fire fucking a yeah, hundred right. times. Yeah, I get it.
1: <laughs> it's no Anchorman.
0: It's, okay, I love yeah. Anchorman. You you back it's, off you No, know, it's followed Or it's Turner of Men. But from a creativity standpoint, something that, like, I, I've seen this movie several times and I've missed. Okay, so there's let me like kind of lead you through the progression of this movie so like i said he's getting sort of toyed with and one of the first things that happens is like uh uh, like a psychological torment and then it sort of goes into like um the 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 room gets really hot Mm -hmm. and then he sort of goes into a couple of other things and then the room ends up getting really cold and like Mm -hmm. During the scene where it gets really cold and it's all, like, fucking covered in snow and stuff, he's, like, bundled in, like, blanket after blanket, and he's, like, burning things to stay warm. And he starts, like, repeating what's kind of seems, like, babbleish. He seems sort of like he's just, like, ranting as, like, a, a cold, aloof person who's sort of losing their mind in, in the extreme conditions. Um, but he, if you're actually listening to what he's saying, he's talking about the levels of hell. Yes. And, and he starts. Something from Dante's Inferno. Yeah. And he starts yeah. talking about, like, basically, like, what he's been through and the levels that he's gone through. And he's basically saying, like, I'm going through the levels of hell. Mm-hmm. And this is whatever fucking level six or whatever it is, yeah. where, like, it's just a cold wasteland yeah. and there's no, there's no food. There's no warmth. There's, there's no, there's, there's nothing to connect to. And, I totally fucking missed that in this film, and I, I'll, I'll fully admit it, and I'm sure some of you listeners out there are going to watch this film and be like, whoa, oh, that's obvious, and, you know, fuck you. Like, I don't care. It, it missed me, and I'm so happy I fucking caught it this time around, and movies that can sort of have that um, rewatch ability, where you're picking up new things each time, I dig that, and this movie, that sort of creativity really caught me. It really did.
2: I'm sorry, Colin, because I have to chime in. Because I think that's another nod to the novelization, probably. That's something that Stephen King probably incorporated into uh, his original adaptation to this. And did not translate well to the screen. I feel like this is just a failure of adapting Stephen King's you know, uh, original works to the motion picture, you know, to, uh, again,
0: maybe, maybe it's not. So my response to that would be like that, that sounds like speculation. It however, is, it's however, I is. think that, I very think it's probably is. well-founded speculation because Stephen Ting, he, he doesn't miss a lot of fucking points. Like mm-hmm. I could very well see that being a, a sort of key element of the novel that I have not read. Um, nobody, however, nobody. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it novel, short story? I don't know, honestly know. We don't read, we, we watch movies. We, we, don't, do. We, don't, we do. We don't
2: read, we just watch. Well, <laughs> I, I just read an
0: IMDb description, so <laughs> I'm, I'm practically, um, um.
2: Heck, well, I'm, ho- I'm hoping we can watch Shawshank Redemption. I know that's a short story, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, I,
1: I don't want to, like, mess with the uh, the fourth wall here, but when we yeah. first started this movie, there were some subtitles going on, and I was a little nervous. <laughs> he was. Uh, he was I sweating. I didn't come here to read. He was you sweating pure wine. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Tim, I'm curious. If yeah. you could try to encapsulate your disdain for this picture into one or two articulated sentences. Okay. Try to boil it down for me. Uh, my disdain for it? Yeah. yeah disdain you... is a strong word. It's a word. strong word. <laughs> your uh, lack of appreciation, your uh, disillusionment, your. I don't know. I just. You're meh. It's apathetic. Why didn't
0: you recommend it? It's you apathetic. Sort of, uh...
1: Look, you want to take the I'm short? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You're I'm the, taking the, the long wor- road. The, Fair word, enough. Enough. the word
0: you're
2: looking for from my vocabulary is apathetic. It's an apathetic. Mm. Um, Stephen King adaptation. I'm sorry, I love, I love Stephen King. I love the adaptations. I love the uh, TV specials, and I love the movies, and I m- love the adaptations.
0: See, but to me, I'm it sounds- sorry,
2: but I'm sorry. This is an apathetic execution.
0: So to me though it sounds Sorry. like and and i i wouldn't love necessarily it, love it and hate it at the same time i wouldn't necessarily disagree with you that like there are elements of this movie that probably could have been done better but like mm-hmm. to me it sounds a little bit like your your dislike for this movie largely derives from your affinity for other stephen king adaptations like yeah. you've repeated that could several be times it could be better and it's like
2: it could be better, but we like know, we know assuming
0: be let's like hypothetically say this was not a Stephen King adaptation. Let's say it was something else. It was it was That's an ori- an That's original just, piece. That's just boring. Do you really feel that, though? or or It sounds it, it, like
1: he does. It sounds like it he's so, pretty it, firm in that case. I
0: know, or? but it sort of sounds like all the arguments to be made are are surrounding comparisons to other Stephen King adaptations. Why, I'm gonna, why I'm, not?
1: I'm going to move to the other but side of the table here and say it sounds to me like Colin and just call me out for being... Like, I would
2: I would rather see the Tommyknock errors and I would rather see... The, um, uh, <laughs> shining, uh, remake on, for, made for TV, a hundred times over, rather than this.
1: I think. I feel I like
0: that's a little strong. <laughs>
1: nope, I would. He's pretty serious. I think, Colin, I th- should, cause, I, again, I appreciate their execution. I think, Allen, you their are commitment looking, you are looking for reasons to, um, not, not, um, criticize, to, uh, to, to deconstruct, uh, Tim's. <clears throat> apathetic view of this feature i think you are applying meaning where you want to and almost insinuating that that uh, perhaps if you didn't like it you just uh didn't look hard enough
0: no i truly not that that's not the case um i think to your your original question of like what did you not like tim's response to me seemed like I didn't like it because compared to other Stephen King adaptations I felt it was it was subpar is which lazy. which I I'm not saying couldn't be the case. That that I mean like I mean S- Stephen King's written some fucking awesome stuff like and the the, the, the and the adaptations of those things I mean uh, Stand by Me, Shawshank Redemption, oh, yeah. like you're talking about like award-winning films mm-hmm. like I'm not putting this in the category of Shawshank Redemption. I'm not.
2: Oh, you can't. But I, I also but there. I also don't feel like it
0: should be held to that standard. I feel yeah. like it is a fundamentally different film, and I feel like it's the kind of film that um, needs to be taken for what it is. I feel like it's it's uh, a a psychological horror thriller, mm-hmm. and and to be perfectly honest, like. I, I, I'm not entirely in disagreement with you that, like, a lot of the elements are sort of like, okay, not bad. Some may be mediocre, some may be good, you know, but nothing exceptional. And to me, the thing that makes this movie is how absolutely fucking horrific it is psychologically. I cannot think of another film that, that when I see it, just absolutely slays me at how fucking nasty it is uh, uh, to the mind.
1: Now that that dance, mm. though, is entirely dependent on your uh, ability to relate to John Cusack. It is. If we strip away mm. your attachment Very to true. John Cusack, that that um, excitement dissipates. Oh, there's no
0: doubt. So, so I'm 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 not going to reveal what my score on this movie is quite yet because we haven't reached that part of the podcast but i will say that like the the brutality the psychological brutality of this film in my in my mind will gain this movie an extra like one and a half maybe two points Mm. um and i i think i think that's valid truly like because i think some movies have certain elements that other movies just don't have you know and and it's like for that one reason that's what makes this movie special and i i uh, that's kind of my my motivation behind like when i recommend this movie i'm like listen you should probably see this movie because no other movie sort of stacks up in this one really fucking narrow view you know because you can sort of you know Movie movies are a little bit like supermarkets, and it's like you know you 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 fucking go to whatever it is Aldi because yeah. they're, Cause, they're cause they because their fucking meat is awesome yourself, or they're yeah. you know they yeah, got great the drum, wine
2: chicken drumsticks chicken or, drumsticks chicken are, are fucking.
0: I'm not she saying I'm yeah, not saying everything head. in the supermarket yeah. is no. amazing, but I'm saying is like if yeah. you're looking for awesome chicken drumsticks, yeah. maybe go to Aldi. I
2: got you. now. Aldi, are you going to sponsor us?
0: Are you going to sponsor us?
2: I got you now, Colin. Colin, you've, you know you've won this. me over with that analogy. Fair enough. <laughs> I got you. I got you now. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: like again, I don't. I will not. <laughs> I will not give a high endorsement for this movie. Uh, for 1408 at the end of this uh, podcast, but I appreciate Colin's analogy for that. I, I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna say that Colin kind of walked into Tim's little trap when he just equated 1408 to the Aldi's <laughs> of Stephen King novels. Good job, sir. I, I, I love
0: these sir. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's
1: fine. Yeah, but it's no holiday market.
2: No, That's oh true. never. Oh God, no, never.
0: <laughs> holiday market? Are you gonna sponsor us?
2: Holiday market? Yeah.
0: They they sell drive. There's like probably there's probably like I, I don't know how many holiday markets again. there are in the world, but not, not enough. At least Let, let's, let's say not enough.
2: Royal Oak and Canton. <laughs> Royal Oak and Canton. I know at least two. <laughs> I know of at least two. Alright, so I, I feel like
1: right. uh, we're starting to wrong long here, but let's let's try to sum up the last categories. Uh, special effects intangibles um my my thoughts there wasn't a whole lot in the way of well i guess cgi a lot of this was very practical um you know i think the set was the room
0: nothing to write home about in my Um, opinion on on special effects the one thing i will actually like i will give this movie uh, a tiny bit of a sort of negative on special effects uh not in that it was terrible it wasn't terrible again it was sort of middle of the road but like um one of the things that they sort of employed to show that basically things were not going to affect the outside world was they took this sort of like a, a television type approach where it was or like a projector and and things would like sort of like flicker out of existence as if like mm-hmm. short-circuited and It wasn't the worst thing in the world. It did not, to me, it didn't take me out of the film. But, like, there probably were, like, other things they could have done that would, like, maybe would have made it a little bit... Better? Better. Just a little bit better. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
1: I I, I agree with that criticism. I don't have any good um, alternatives. So, you know.
0: But, I mean, I, I would say, like, overall, like, not great. Not terrible. Sort of right in the middle.
1: The water looked wet. It did. It looked believably it was wet.
0: probably the wettest water I've seen in, in recent cinematic history.
1: I mean, it was truly moist. There was a dampness <laughs> to this water that can't be appreciated without just just some really, I don't know, like...
0: Uh, You'd have to be at the lake.
1: Yeah, it was very aquatic, yeah. the water, the the quality of it. It had a certain, I don't know, intangible oh, humidity <laughs> to it. Um, he keeps going. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, intangibles. Um, do we have any thoughts on intangibles? Uh, I, I don't really have much to add to that category. Did you guys have anything?
0: I think I, I covered a little bit in creativity with like the going through the levels of hell thing. I think it was kind of kind of cool, uh, kind of creative. And I, I thought that like, yeah, no, I uh, again, intangibles. May, maybe that maybe that that brutality that I'm talking about fits into intangibles. Mm-hmm. Because that really doesn't it's it if it it's it, it sort of hits on writing a little bit, but like I think it really is like intangibility, like it just to me, I watch this movie and I just think like what the fuck I would do in that situation mm-hmm. and like to be perfectly honest, okay, again, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. here we go, oh, we're 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 going down. Basically what this room wants you to fucking kill yourself. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really say that earlier in the podcast, but like this room wants you to end your life, and and he sort of like he, He's so, he
2: show you anything you want that will convince you for exactly,
0: him. and he sort of like like. Delves into it a little bit When he like Picks up the phone And he's like Why don't you just kill me And they're like All of our customers Enjoy free will Like basically You have to fucking Do it yourself And we're gonna you can po- check
2: out Anytime you want
0: But yeah. you can never leave Yes It's yeah. yeah. very Eagles okay. It's very Eagles Very Hotel California <laughs> Yes. And and it's it's one of those things where, like...
1: Yeah, and then, please enjoy our express checkout service. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah was jumping which out of the window. It's yeah. a little... I thought that was kind of creative. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, And and so, the room cannot kill you, or it's mm-hmm. sort of... It's, you're led to believe it cannot kill I you. But it, yeah. it's basically going to torment you until you kill mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. And he, like... if I always think, like, if I fucking experience what this guy experienced, even half of what this fucking guy experienced... I'd fucking off myself in a heartbeat. Like yeah. it is fucking nasty stuff. Like truly, truly horrible stuff. Um, but it's all upstairs. Mm. It's all in your mind. There's like he's not. He's not getting like his flesh peeled off. He's not getting like yeah. you know like. Smoking hot pokers, red hot pokers, getting like crammed into orifices. Like this dude is just experiencing some really fucking terrible psychological trauma. And and I just don't know of any other movies that sort of like take that tact. So from Passion of the Christ, I feel like that's maybe a little bit more of the physical trauma that we were talking about. Like
1: through (laughs) some shit. Anyway, (laughs) bad joke.
0: Um, But (laughs) but uh, (laughs) yeah, I would I would maybe have to classify that under under intangibles.
2: <laughs>
1: tangible.
0: Yeah, yeah, Tangible. Tangible. Right.
1: Are we ready to move on to our ratings? Yes.
2: Let's, I think so. Let's give a recommendation.
1: All right. Uh, you know what? Let's 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 make an Oreo here. We'll go, Colin.
0: Yeah. So, um, I will go. 6.9 slit wrists on this particular podcast uh, or in this particular film. Um you can't see Mark's face right now but he's horrified. And I say that because this entire like fucking room is predicated on like killing yourself <laughs> and like quite a number of the the victims have have taken that particular route out, which is, you know, it's the express lane. It really is. Um again, I love this movie. I really do. I, I think it's, it's well acted. Writing's mediocre. Directing's mediocre. Um, it, but it's got that sort of intangibility of, of just this one, two punch of, of psychological brutality. And I would say I'd give it probably in the fives and then an extra one and a half to two points for just that alone. So, I think I originally said 6.9, is that correct? So, mm-hmm. 6.9 slit wrists.
2: Okay. Classic. All right. I give this a 3 out of 10. Oh,
0: fuck you. Yep, 3 out of 10.
2: <laughs> hey, it's his rating. It's his my rating. 3 out of 10 um, not lit cigarettes. Oh, <laughs> As John Cusack does not light the cigarettes in his in his haunting rooms. So, he's not. He's not engaging. I'm not engaged. Nobody is engaged. Sorry. It's three point three point 3.0 out
0: of ten. Out of ten. You know you have seen the movie Monsterd. Yes. Where where a, a more c-
2: conviction is yeah, where is placed a, placed cer- in a serial a,
0: a serial killer <laughs> poop yeah murders people. Yep. And you're gonna give this movie a three out of ten.
2: Yep, I sure am. He's, he's sure shit, I am.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna echo that three point ten and, and challenge you with a seven point six Dead Daughters. Okay. Oh Ooh, no! Brutal. Oh, it's too much. I'm so sorry. So much. I, I got kids. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Notice how the one person who rated this
0: lowly doesn't have kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there you go. No, I I enjoyed it. I'm not going to put it up in the eights, you know, because I I can appreciate <laughs> Tim's perspective in that if you don't buy it, then yeah. if rather if you don't buy John Cusack's performance or you don't buy his character, you're just not you're not feeling it. But you, you've, you've saved ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And I, and I can't pretend that 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 doesn't exist. But um. I think for the psychological horror viewer, yeah, I think... What is it? 7. 6, I think. 7.6 Dead Daughters, I think, kind of covers mm, it. Yeah. Dead Daughters. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, that's an element of the movie. It fits.
0: It really <laughs> does. So uh, that's about all for the Crep yeah. review. Uh, thanks for listening. If you have any ideas for movie reviews, email us at 3. That is the number 3 man in a basement at gmail.com uh until then i'm colin mcleod
1: i'm, I'm timothy magic i'm still mark Culp.
0: all right and we'll see you in cyberspace
1: peace